Hey guys, welcome back to the Far Better Podcast. This is your host, Michael Clark. I am uh, I am here and I am ready to study with you some more of my favorite sermons so far. Before we get into the episode, let me tell you a couple of things that I would love it if you wouldn't mind considering uh, doing for us here at SAN. The first is, if you're listening through our master feed, go ahead and hit that five-star button down in the uh, review area. If you'd like to leave a detailed review, that would also be acceptable. If you're listening on the main show's feed, and for those those of you on the master feed, yes, there is a main show feed for this podcast, as well as all other podcasts on the Scattered Abroad Network, would you do the same? Leave a five-star rating and a review and give us an opportunity to reach more people that way. I know it's kind of hard, but the way the algorithms and other mumbo-jumbo fancy talk stuff works is the more that it is advertised and promoted, the more that you're able to reach people. The other thing that I wanted to let you know about, if you're a congregation, this is more so for my own work that I do, If you're a congregation that is looking for the opportunity to support other works, uh, we can do that for Scatter the Broad. First of all, one of us can come out from the network and give a report on what we do and how we do it. I also am willing to do that for the Memphis School of Preaching, giving an opportunity for you to hear about the work that we do here. And maybe you've got some young men or men in the congregation, single, married, younger, older, whatever it might be that are interested in gospel preaching, I'd love to have a chance to talk to them about what we do at MSOP and how we can train them to be equipped to preach the gospel. So my email will be in the show notes, as well as the Scatter the Broad Network at gmail.com. You can reach us at either one of those. Mine is mclark at msop.org, M-C-L-A-R-K-E at msop.org, and then you have the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. For some reason, we stuck with the longest email address that was possible. Uh, So let us know if you got some sections of scripture that you want covered, different ideas, guess for did that really happen, Uh, guess for through their eyes, guess for highlights, on and on I could go with this. Let us know. We'd be happy to look at it. And see what we can work out. Can't promise anything, but we would love your feedback. Now, today we're continuing our three-week arc over the series of lessons that I'm going to be giving this particular season. And this episode is called, If You Could, But You Can't, Part 2. And... Today, we're talking about if you could change the present, you would, but you can't. You know, everybody's facing a difficulty in their own life. I don't, I don't know what yours is, and you don't know what mine are. Oh, but man, I know that you're facing something. I know that there is always some other problem, some other difficulty. Maybe you lost your job recently. Maybe you didn't get that raise that you were expecting. 
Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you're in an accident and you are struggling. Maybe, just maybe, you're sick and you don't know what's going on. I'm pretty sure I talked about this guy the last episode last week, but Ben Rector also has a song called When a Heart Breaks. And his second verse in that song is, I heard the doctor, but what did he say? I knew I was fine about this time yesterday. I don't need answers. I just need some peace. I just need somewhere I could fall asleep. Need someone to help me fall asleep, I guess. He's in so much pain from his sickness. But that lyric always has resonated with me since 2015 when I was diagnosed with my own illness. I talked about it on the first season of Scattered Abroad, A Christian and Crohn's. Love it if you go back and take a listen to that if you haven't already. But my present circumstances, even with me being in remission, I'm still considered sick. You know, if I go to try to get health insurance or something like that, they're going to say, yeah, you can't get health insurance as easily because, you know, you're sick. And I'm telling you, if I could press a button and be healthy completely, I would. And so would you. If I could press a button and have the exact right amount of money in the bank account to pay off all my debts and to never worry about money again, I I would. And you would too. If I could press a button and bring back my loved ones that are gone, I would. And you would too. Everybody's currently facing their own difficulties. No one's exempt. And it's not even just a first, you know, 21st century problem. This has been happening since way before you and I were born. Since all the way back in the Bible even. There are examples of people in Scripture that wanted a change from their present lives and where they were at. Let me give you a few of them. Number one, Elijah. Now, a lot of times we will, on BBS nights, Vacation Bible School, we will talk about Elijah. And we will hammer home the victory of Mount Carmel. But we've done a great disservice, by and large, to Elijah when we only talk about his victory and not his lowliness. Because in 1 Kings 19, verse 2, the Bible says in verse 1 that Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he executed all the prophets with a sword. And Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah. Now imagine, I hadn't even thought about this until just now, but imagine you're sitting somewhere and a messenger shows up and says the following to you. Jezebel says, so let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them, the the prophets, by tomorrow about this time. 
when he saw that, he fled. He ran for his life. He goes to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. And he went a day's journey further into the wilderness. He came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked God to kill him. He prayed that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life. For I am no better than my father's. And as he was laying down and sleeping under this broom tree, an angel came over and woke him up, verse 5, and said, I know you want your present circumstance to change, but you need to get up and eat. He looked over and by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back another time and woke him up and said, Arise, eat, the journey's too great for you. He did. He goes in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God, and he was there in a cave, and he spent the night in that place, and the word of the Lord came to him, and he says, What are you doing here, Elijah? He says, Well, I... I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. The children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left. And they seek to take my life. And God says to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. The Lord was not in the wind And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after an earthquake, a fire, the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after all the fire, a still, small voice. And it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entrance of the cave, and a a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he repeats what he said before. I alone am left. They seek to take my life. So the Lord says, go return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Hazazel as king over Syria. Anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. Elisha, the son of Shaphat, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be, whoever escapes Hazazel, Jehu will kill. Whoever escapes Jehu, Elisha will kill. But I've reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him, worshipped him. Elijah wanted to die. I mean, think of the, the severity of such a claim. Think of the severity of such a request. He wanted nothing more than death because God killing him would be better than Jezebel. But God wouldn't let that happen. He essentially said, your present circumstance is what it is. I I can't circumvent that for you. But what I can tell you is this. Get some rest and get back up. What about Jesus? You know, Jesus didn't want to die on the cross. He asked for another way. In fact, in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 42, 
Jesus told his disciples to sit here while I go and pray. And he says, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, verse 38, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he goes a little further away from them and he falls on his face. And he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he comes back. He's in such distress. He comes back and he finds the disciples sleeping. He says, what, what is wrong with you? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You need to pray. And again, a second time he went and prayed saying, oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. I've heard people say before, and I understand the sentiment. I've heard people say before, Jesus wanted to die. No, he didn't. He was willing. Friends, I'm willing to die for my kids. I'm willing to die for my wife. I'm willing to die for my family. But I can promise you I'm not looking for an opportunity for that to take place. I don't want it to happen. But I'm willing if it must. That's what we find with Jesus. An understanding that he didn't want to die. He wasn't waking up every day and saying, huh, three more years until I get brutally murdered. No. He wanted to change his present circumstance. That's why he prayed. If there is another way, let let me know. I'd love to be able to not deal with this. Jesus wanted to change his present circumstance as well. Another example that comes to mind is, again, the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 6 through 10, the Bible tells me, For though I might desire to boast, I won't be a fool. For I'll speak the truth. If I refrain, or I refrain, I should say, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Uh, essentially, what Jesus is saying through you know, the Apostle Paul's pen here, by inspiration of the Spirit, is I'm not going to boast. I'm not going to be a fool. I'm going to speak the truth. I refrain lest anyone should think above me what he sees me to be or hears from me. And then he says this, and lest I you know, would be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. And concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Can you imagine that? We've all asked God for something to be different than it ended up being, haven't we? I'm told in verse 9 that the Lord responded and said, My grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so, 
I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, needs, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Long before Kelly Clarkson and many others would coin the phrase, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, Paul said it. And so I know today so many of you have something that you just wish you could and take care of it. Unfortunately, some of the world's present distresses cannot be changed. We all have struggles and we're all going to have to learn to live with them. And so, if you could change the present, you would. But you can't. So what are we to do? We learn to be content. I was 21 years old when a doctor looked me in the eye and said, you might have cancer. And all I could think of beyond that, among the many other things that he said, was nothing but the word cancer. Kind of has a way of sticking in your crawl. And the only thing I, I really was worried about was I'm, I'm going to leave my brand new bride a widow. We've been married six months. It gets better. You know, even, even if my diagnosis at that time had been cancer, even if I end up with cancer, it gets better. To be with the Lord is far better. I close with something a little bit more lighthearted. But I don't know if any of you have ever seen the movie Oliver and Company. It was a Disney movie about a bunch of stray pets. Um, a core memory that I have, and I didn't even know this until a couple years ago now. You remember when the dog, can't even think of the guy's name, the dog's name. Remember when he's bouncing up and down on the street singing, why should I worry? Why should I care? I didn't know Billy Joel actually wrote that song. but that. When you think about the lyrics for that song, you know, yeah, I may not have a dime, but I've got street sidewalk fare. You know, I may not have a dime to my name, but I can walk on the street. Why should I worry? Why should I care? I have a God who cares for me. So why should I be caught up in the things that I can't change? Until next week, let's please God now so our eternity is far better.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.